Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. journey into another realm, another lifetime, in search of the love he could never find in this one. That's Elise McKenna. Starred in a play in the hotel theater. When was this play done? 1912. Dr. Finney, is time travel possible? That is a question. Arthur? Arthur? You're the only one who can help me. Was there? Is it you? Is he the one, William? Walk with me, please. Collier, I know who you are. You came to destroy her. Oh my God. Oh. Where is he? Please! Richard! A haunting story of the link between a man and a woman. A link that goes beyond fantasy. Beyond time itself. Universal Pictures is proud to present Christopher Reeve. Jane Seymour, Christopher Plummer, somewhere in time, someday in the past, he will find her. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. It's been a while. Uh, had some personal stuff come up. Terrence had personal stuff come up, but here but we, we are, are back on the air. Yeah. Whew. Uh, sometimes life just throws you a curveball or a migraine for several days. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you were traveling back in time. Oh, no, give it a hint. I didn't tell. I didn't say what movie we were doing. So it's uh, a th- here we go. Yeah. This is episode number thirty-seven. We will be, and it is Valentine's Day tomorrow. Yeah, it's Valentine's. So Day. it's kind of like a love month. So this is episode thirty-seven, and we will be discussing um, a, a movie that has been requested. Um, all the way back, way back, like I'm talking about way back, like way first back. month, um, <laughs> by a lady that we did do Vertigo for. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So this was another one that she liked. And I know, also know Laura likes this one. So we are doing Somewhere in Time. And Terrence, this is your first time watching it, yes, right? It so is, we're yeah. going we're to get to it. Um, I watched it three times because I was so mesmerized. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it's, it's, it's one of those movies where you can, yeah, you, ha- you almost kind of have to watch it more just than to once see what, what what's to going catch on. Certain things and to really ascertain certain theories because it doesn't tell you everything. But we'll get into that. We'll later. get into it. So <laughs> um, I'm not even going to give you a question. We will talk briefly about the uh, no best per, uh, the Oscars were the other night, and yes. I seen that the uh, I think it was the BAFTA Awards. Uh, no, the uh, the Razzles. I think it was the Razzles the, I seen the, the thing the with the Razzies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've seen something on Facebook or something about that the Razzies were going on. So, yeah, I'm not going to give you a question on it. But uh, Parasite did win Best Picture. 
Um, Which I've seen the trailer for. It looks very interesting. You know, I um, check it out. F-1917 didn't win uh, just for what it <laughs> went. I mean, it was beautifully done. I'm telling you. I mean, you. that just came out, though. Right. right. But I'm just saying the way it is shot continuously. I know it's not continuously because I have to break it up. But the way they did it, you're like. that'll be It'll be up for uh, awards next. Yes, but Oscar. it should have won this year. I'm just telling you, that's how good it is. Um, and then, of course, our man, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, oh, won yeah. he, for he the Joker. One, yep. So that was very, very well-deserved. Oh, yeah. So He's such um, a great, incredible actor. Right. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of other movies you can check out, but I wanted to mention those few ones. So, Terrence, let's just dive into it. Let's go ahead with the uh, episode 37, Somewhere in Time. Somewhere in Time. Release date, October 3rd, 1980. Its budget was an estimated $5.1 million. Uh, its opening weekend, it only made $1.2 million, uh, and that is as of uh, the 5th of October, uh, 1980. So after its opening weekend, it barely really made anything. It didn't break even at all. Uh, Gross USA, it made $9.7 million. Um, and then cumulative worldwide gross was nine point, still at $9.7 million. Uh, unless it's there's got to be be a typo there because in the research we read that like even though it was a flop in the U.S. it it did really well in China and it was actually in theaters for eighteen months. Yeah, in Hong Kong it ran for eighteen months. Yeah, I mean that's unheard of. And so it, where it was a hit worldwide, or at least you know in China, uh, it, it didn't really strike very well here it's one uh, this is a cult classic for sure it is definitely um, but as far as as all cult classics go when they hit theaters they don't do so well and then it's typically takes some time for the movie to be appreciated uh this was directed by uh janat swark pretty sure i butchered that <laughs> of course uh, it wouldn't be a podcast <laughs> without you butchering something so Here's what's interesting. He also directed uh, 1978 Jaws 2, mm-hmm. Supergirl 1984, and uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, codename Diamond Head 1977. Uh, the, one of the only reasons this movie got made, nobody wanted to sign on for it, but he said, look, I did this movie Jaws 2 for you, which brought in a lot of money. He's oh. like, so it was a favor to him to let them him make this movie, but they cut his budget in half. It was oh. it was like an eight million dollar budget he wanted. They only gave him four million to do it. Yeah. So there was some repercussions, if you will. Yeah. But he's like, hey, I just made you all this money with the little movie called Jaws Two. Yeah, right. Let me let me have this one. Give me something. Throw me a bone. Uh, writing credits uh, is uh, Richard Matheson. So he wrote the book, but he also wrote the screenplay. Uh, and here's an, another interesting book that is very popular that. Uh, a lot of people have at least seen the movie, and that is I Am Legend. He wrote that too, didn't he? Wrote, yeah, he yeah, wrote I, think I, I read that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, off the technical specs, we have a runtime of an hour and 43 minutes, so standard movie length. It was uh, easy for me to finally wa- or to watch it uh, right before work. <laughs> uh, sound mix, mono. This is Westerx recording system. This movie is in color. Aspect ratio is 1.85 by 1. The camera, Panaflex camera and lenses by Panavision was what was used on set for recording. Uh, the laboratory where it was edited was Technicolor, a negative format, 35 millimeter, so, you know, your standard as we see in most of these. Uh, cinemagraphic process, spherical, printed film format, 35 millimeters. And now off to the awards. This table is not the same. <laughs> <laughs> you say that every time. All right, I know. Uh, this is only the second time at this table, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, where was I? Yes, Academy Awards, USA, 1981, uh, nominated for an Oscar for Best Costume Design, uh, Jean-Pierre Dolac. Golden Globes, USA, 1981, once again, only nominated for the Golden Globe for Best Original Score Motion Picture, uh, and that was by, written by John Barry. Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, USA, 1981. It did win some Saturn Awards. It, it got Best Fantasy Film. It won Best Music, written by John Barry. Best Costumes, once again, Jean-Pierre Dolac. And then they were nominated for the Saturn Awards Best Actor, Christopher Reeve, well-deserved. Best Actress, Jane Seymour. 
Then we have the Alvarez Fantastic Film Festival, 1981. It won the uh, Citrus Award? Critics Award. Critics, sorry. That's, Citrus it's been a, Yeah, dyslexia <laughs> is a thing, man. <laughs> I looked at it, I'm like, I know I'm reading it wrong. Citrus. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know it's been a long day. Uh, Jeanette, uh, there's that name. Jeanette uh, Schwark. Uh, yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> Fanta Festival, 1981. Winner, Best Actor, Christopher Reeve. Winner, Best Film, Jeanette Schwartz. Uh Man, how many more times? Okay, I only have to butcher this name one more time. The SESC Film Festival. What's that stand for? I have no idea. I should really look that up. <laughs> Uh, Brazil, so this is a Brazilian award, uh, 1982 winner for the Audience Award. So, Best Foreign Film, uh, Melora Familia, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> by Jean Wow. Oh, man, this is full of it today. Wow. Yeah. So, um, the synopsis for this movie, I'll go ahead and throw it out there. I'd go with Terrence to butcher anything else at the moment. Oh, I always know this. Uh, Richard Collier, who's played obviously by Chris Reeve, uh, is a young playwright, is visited by a mysterious woman who gives him a pocket watch and one simple phrase. What was the phrase, Terrence? Do you remember? Come back. Come back to me. Now, nine years later, Richard embarks on a journey of self-hypnosis to travel back in time to find the mysterious lady whose picture is hanging in the Grand Hotel. You know, you hear that synopsis, and you're like, "No, nah, this ain't going to be a very good movie." But it is a very intriguing movie. It is, and it's it's a it's a slow start, but it yeah, I remember he's like, "I'm 45 minutes in," and, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Hang on, and just hang on." Uh, so the cast: you got Christopher Reeve as Richard Collier, uh, Jane Seymour as Elise McKenna, Christopher Plummer was William Fawcett Robinson, who played an outstanding part. Oh yeah, uh, Teresa Wright, Laura Roberts, Bill Irwin, Arthur Bill. Susan French played the older Elise, George Voskovich, Dr. Gerald Finney, Edra Gale uh, Genevieve, Tim Kazernsky, photographer in 1912, Bruce Jarchow, Bones in 1912, Patricia McGuire, Maid in 1912, and little Sean Hayden, who was five years old when he played Arthur in 1912. <laughs> Richard Matheson was also in this movie. He has a small cameo role in 1912 as a hotel guest. He was the one that was astonished by Richard having cut himself shaving. Yeah. (laughs) Also, a then unknown, which I just showed you this, William H. Macy. Yeah. uh, Has a bit as a uh, role as a critic in the 1972 scenes before Elise hands the watch uh, to Richard. George Went is also credited as being a student during this uh, same scene, but he was ultimately cut from the final cut of the film. And Richard Matheson's daughter, uh, Allie, is similarly credited as a student. Also, uh, there's a scene where Meg Ryan is actually has a small cameo in here. Hmm. Did you which, see her? Uh, I did not. Which, which um, scene would that be? I think it's when they're in, in 1912, uh, right here, uh, where he's doing the uh, historical research in the local library. Oh, that's right. Do a okay. catcher. And then what I thought was really cool... Um, this was actually shot on Mackinac Island, where uh, there's not allowed to be any cars up there. Really? It's all by bicycles and horses. Uh, me and my wife oh. spent our anniversary there about four years ago. Okay. You ferry over there, and you're either walking, or you can rent a bicycle, or you can uh, uh, get a horse and buggy. Uh, it's really crazy. All they have is like an ambulance. Yeah. And I think maybe one police car or fire truck. But that's all. They're they're not allowed Which to. So makes it perfect when you're... Recording, except except all the horse place. manure you can watch step you know, I mean, because but they they do a lot nice job of keeping yeah. it clean. Um, but I thought uh, they did let uh, if you watch this movie, Christopher Reeve, and I'll post some photos on Facebook of our trip because yeah. I have pictures of the Grand Hotel and everything. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I'll, I'll put them on there. Um, the uh, but I I had never seen the movie before we went, which oh, is a bummer yeah, because yeah. I would have went all over. That I would have drug my like wife all over that thing, yeah. right? Um, because you can walk around the whole island. I think it's only 13 miles around. Okay, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool. There's an old Ford up there. Um, but there's no cars allowed. But if you notice in this movie, Christopher Reeve was driving. They had to get special permission to bring the cars right. that you see in there. Yeah. They were not allowed to drive those cars unless they were filming 
Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, even after all that, you know, they, they, they'd had to walk or whatever. Yeah. Um, I did read that also that uh, Christopher Reeve did have his airplane up there somewhere. No. And I don't know where he landed it. You know, it must have been a small plane. Yeah, it had to have But been. Jane Seymour, said, I think it was on the DVD and commentary. one of those water ones that park on the water. Right. Uh, I did watch the uh, DVD commentary where Jane Seymour says uh, that her and Chris Reeve used to sneak off and fly. And they would go to Toronto <laughs> several times and all yeah. that. So I thought that was pretty cool. So, so here's a little fun fact that just based on uh, sort of just watching the movie and stuff, which is uh, when anytime you get a movie that messes with time, more or less, there's always different time theories. Uh, you know, one that we've covered was uh, Back to the Future. So that's an example of dynamic a dynamic timeline, which means things you change in the past could affect the future. Which it does and in Back to the Future. It does, exactly. <laughs> and then you have sort of the multiverse theory, which is the... Uh, uh, we we covered the first Terminator, but you know we haven't done two or three. But in those, that's a great uh, example. Same thing with uh, Star Trek in two thousand nine. Um, those are great examples of the multiverse theory, which is would that be where Fringe you, Fringe would come into there too? That TV Fringe show Fringe, would, yeah, Fringe would come into the multiverse theory too. Um, this is an example of a fixed timeline, um, and that is everything that if you travel back in time and, and do stuff, that's already set in stone. Um, this is shown by uh, the book. The book uh, at the front the desk. Exactly. The fact that he's never able to go back. Uh, and you can tell that. What I thought was really key to that, too, is when uh, he goes to sign the book when he time travels back. Yep. And he goes to sign the book, and they're going to give him a different room. He's yeah. like, no, no, no. I think you mean room 414. You know, I mean, yeah, had to, uh, and he's, he's like, like, oh, I'm sorry. This room, this is wrong. Yeah. And he's, he's like, like oh, uh, this one, you're right. This one has a reservation <laughs> right. already. Sorry about that. And then he hands him another key, and then it is the right room, which is like 419. A four, right? Yeah, something like that, 416. Um, so. So yeah, this is a, a example of a, a fixed timeline theory for time traveling in movies. So I thought right. that was pretty cool to throw. Yeah, out because there. Um, I think basically I think he had his one shot, and then when he came, we'll get to it at the end. When we, but if you haven't seen this, this is going to be spoiler heavy from here on out. Yeah, um, as all our shows are. And the ending is you were like, whoa, you know? What I mean, I mean, yeah. I was when I, I was watching I it because it was. ended kind yeah. of abruptly. You know, what I mean, I it was did. like, wow, um, and. And like I said, I watched it. I watched it once when we came back from Mackinac with my wife. I was like, I can't believe they got all this memorabilia up here. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about it. I mean, I walked by the trees and everything. Yeah. Um, and then, so then I watched it three more times this past week or two. Uh, but it's cool to know I was right there. Yeah. And if you get the chance, I'll post it on our Facebook feed. There is a YouTuber who went on a trip specifically up to Mackinac. Yeah. And he shows he shows the picture of him now. Yeah, and he and then he'll overlay the movie on top of it, oh, and okay. it's like the trees. You can see the trees, and he'll put the the, the picture. Old, yeah. It's awesome because it's exactly the same. He's like, well, here's one tree missing, you know. And he'll put the overlay the film on there and play yeah. the scene. Oh, and so as they cool. walk, he pans, and then he'll go from from now till then, and it looks the same. Like that's that, awesome. like the uh, the shop that they go into, he goes into. Remember yeah. down? In the, yeah, it's all the same. It is amazing. I'll, I'll post it up there. So um, I think we talked about this when um, we did Superman. Uh, okay. When they were filming this, they all went to go watch Superman at the, the local theater. Yeah, and Jane Seymour was with him. Well, the sound went out, and so Chris That's Reeve right. got up yeah. and he did and the he did he all the parts. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> how amazing is it that he can remember all those parts too? You know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. and 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 I say mean, all that. Remembering an actor remembering their own lines is a feat in itself, but to remember everyone's lines that. That's above and beyond. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really good. Um, Chris Free's agent, he, he literally laughed at the director when they brought the script to him. He's like, look, I'm not even going to bring this to Chris Free. He's like, it, and the, the offer you're trying to offer him to be in this after he was just in this iconic Superman role yeah. is laughable. Well, that didn't stop uh, Matt, uh, uh, Stephen Douche, I think it was Deutsch, whatever Deutsch. his name is. Yeah. Uh, and he said it didn't stop him. So he somehow he snuck it into <laughs> the guy's. Uh, um, hotel room or yeah. whatever and Chris Reeve called him up the next day he said man I love this he said I want to do this so that's great I mean that's one of them things where you know you don't give up agent just rolls his eyes oh, <laughs> yeah, he's all like, right you know how much money you just cost us you know what I mean um let's see where was this at uh that was the background oh here we go oh okay so so we'll talk about this as we go through so yeah 
uh, Richard Collier is a playwright. Yep. And he's just had this successful playwright. It's going to be on Broadway, they think. Oh, yeah. You know, Even it, in the beginning, they show all the like his awards for previous right? playwrights and whatnot. And this yeah. old lady walks in, and everybody just stops and looks and stares at her. And she walks all the way up to him, and she puts something in his hand, and she's, and all she says is, come back to me. Yep. And Chris Reeves like, he's mesmerized by her, but yeah. he's like, I don't know who she is. And and she just turns around, and she walks away. And they're all like, who is that? He's like, I don't know. I've never seen her before in my life. Yeah. But he opens his hand, and there's this pocket watch. Yep. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, so it shows, like, I flash forward, like, nine years later, I think it is. Remember, yeah. he's in his he's in his. Uh, Office, office, home, yeah, apartment, where, whatever. And that's where you see all the awards. Right. And that uh, guy's like, hey, where's the play? Because Chris Reeves packing up, leave it. He's yeah. like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going on a vacation. Where's the play? He's like, oh, it's not done. He's like, people yeah. are counting on this. Right. And uh, he's like, well, he's like, he said, well, is so-and-so going with you? He's like, no, we broke up. <laughs> so oh, he's like, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, he's, he's going through the middle of a breakup and... He just uh, wants to get away. You can you can actually tell, and, and this just shows how great of an actor he is. Is uh, before he even says that, you can sort of see the stress on his face right. and like sort of the emotion going on there, uh, which I didn't know what it was. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going on. Is he just feeling like the stress of work? Then he's like, oh, you know, we're broke up. And I was like, oh, he's going through a breakup. And then even like on that the the scene where he's driving his car, um, you can just see. Sort of like without him saying anything, like the the stress he's taken. We well, kind of seems like, speeding yeah. through Chicago. You know, yeah, what the yeah, say, but, you know, but I mean? he has a look on his face that you know definitely shows that he's troubled, and that's just I think that's just phenomenal acting. Oh, to be yeah. able to to convey sort of certain emotions without saying them, and you know, it's just and it never really said why they broke up. He didn't. No. no, but you could tell There's it's laying heavy heavy on his mind. <laughs> right, uh, but I think that's good though at times, so you can use your imagination on some stuff. You know, fill in the blanks yeah. yourself. Um, so he ends up going up to Mackinac Island, um, and he pulls in, he sees him driving, he says the Grand Hotel, and he backs up and he goes in there and, and he gets a room. And while he, he gets his room or whatever, he's like, I'll take your stuff up, sir, or whatever. And uh, the, the one guy's like, Are you sure we haven't met before, Arthur? Yeah, the, old, yeah. the old guy, he's like, No, nah, no, nah. he's like, I've never been up here, I've never seen you. Well, Christopher was walking around, he ends up in this like old, what would you call it, like a hall of antiques i guess wasn't he in his class though he said that right no he, he like, was, I was in no, your class x amount of no 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 that no. was the that was the professor that he oh, goes that's right. later. Yeah, yeah. so he gets a room and uh he's walking around this hall of i was what they call it the hall of Ant- antiques and, or something yeah. or something museum hall of antiques. and he's walking around yeah. and he looks over and the, the sunlight is like glaring on this photo and he walks over there oh, yeah and that is the first time christopher reeve saw that portrait Really? So that is a genuine look on his face. Oh, yeah, okay. he said he didn't want to see it beforehand because they wanted he wanted them to capture his essence of seeing it for the first time. Yeah, and I th- I watched that several times, man, and just the way he done it, you could tell he was blown away by it. You know yeah. what I mean? Really good. Um, another thing about this movie is that the soundtrack. Yeah, that that same song. Uh, I think it's what Rachmaninoff's Eighteenth. Uh, I'll get to it here in a minute. The, 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 the song he hums, and right? And, to, and yeah. she's got a music box of it yep. and all that. So uh, Richard's like, "Hey," uh, he tells Arthur, "He's like, hey, who's this lady in this picture?" And he's like, um, "Well, it's uh, an old lady that used to do plays here." And he's intrigued because he was a, he's a playwright. Yeah. So he's like, "Well, where can I find out more about her?" So he drives down to the library, the library yeah. right? And he's like, "Do you have any old magazines or something?" You know? Yeah. Does a real big deep dive. Right. And so he starts a little bit. Then he gets to this thing, and it shows Elise McKenna, and it's the old lady that came to see him. Yeah. But the thing is, she never her she, her career basically fell off the path. You know, yeah. what I mean, she she basically disappeared later in life that nobody ever saw her. Um, really good. So he's he's found out. So he decides to stay there, um, and he goes to visit the house where she was. And the lady's like, she's like, he's like, hey, can you tell me anything about Elise McKenna to that lady? And she's yeah. like, no, she's you know, she's not. He's like, wait, wait, I got to know. I've came a long way. Look, I have this. And she's like, where did you get that? He's yeah, like, she gave it to me. She's like, <laughs> I haven't seen that since the day she died. And he goes in there, and she's got like her outfit in there, and then she's got the music box of the yep. Grand Hotel, and. You wind it up and it plays that music that, yeah. you know, and so he gets this fixation on, hey, I'm going to time travel back. He, yeah, there's a book in there that says traveling through time. Yeah. And so now that he knows it's her, he goes back and he talks to, I guess he goes back. I don't, it never really says where he's at. Did he leave Mackinac Island and go yeah, back? That was a little I, iffy. It, it was, I don't think yeah. it was on Mackinac Island, you know yeah. what I mean? But so he's like, hey, I was a student of yours nine years ago. So he said, I heard you traveled back in time. He's like, yeah, I was only there for 
a split second. Yeah. He said, but I had all this stuff around me that was modern, too modern, that I couldn't so, stay. So I thought this was a very interesting scene because this is this scene establishes how time travel works in this world, more or less, and how they use it, which I thought was very unique to other forms of time travel you've seen in other movies and whatnot, where this one is purely uh, almost hypnotic way, uh, almost as in the same way you would lucid dream or the same way you would... Uh, 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 you know, some people like have an out of body experience. Project. Right. Exactly. So, uh, the way you time travel in in, in this movie is uh, you concentrate on a time, and you, after concentrating uh, and surrounding yourself, I believe, with uh, things from that time, you can go back. But the key thing is, in order to stay, uh, you have to not have anything modern because the moment you see anything modern. Uh, it'll pull you back to the present, and that's, that's why a the big trigger at the end of the movie. Exactly, and uh, the the professor he couldn't successfully completely go back because where he knew he was back in time, he was also had a lot of modern things, the way he was dressed and whatnot, that made it so he can he couldn't completely travel back in time. So that's right. what uh, Richard Richard uh, that that's what Richard made sure to do is he bought an old. You, you see it through. Uh, I think it's uh, 1910, 10 or twelve. Yeah. Uh, so, so he's yeah. So he buys a he buys a suit. Um, he he, he gets objects from the museum. I believe. Yeah. He makes sure he has the, the right money. Yep. He, he makes sure he has the right money. Which is very interesting. That the theory I told you about later on. Yeah. Because um, he makes sure he has the right money. Yep. He's got a tape recorder that he's like, you are in 1912 yep. at June whatever, and at least McKenna is in this hotel, and or she's here with her boss or play whatever manager. Yeah. Uh, I forget his name. What was his name? Um, uh, Robinson. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 so he's like, he's got the room set up with no pictures, or anything. You know, he's and he's sitting there, and he's like, he can't do it. He's mad. He's failed. Uh, and, he, and you and, see, you see him on the bed. He's like, ah, <laughs> oh, well, you know. And then yeah. he looks over. And there's the tape recorder. He's like, yeah. Oh, the tape it's the tape recorder. Well, he still fails because uh, at this point he hasn't seen the book because I believe he sees he tries at first and then it doesn't work and then he goes off to he he asks the uh yeah he no he, he runs Arthur. he runs down there remember yeah that's right and then so the he's I like where the did you get thing, the portrait he's like is there somewhere that you keep everything he's like it's the attic sir the attic, yeah and that's when he finds the ledger for that particular day and he's he like flips I over was to that here. day and then he sees his name so i i believe that uh the reason why he couldn't go back i mean not only because of the tape recorder but because he didn't believe so because he didn't believe he can go back, like he knows he wants to, but he's not fully invested on the idea that this will work. Right. And so him seeing his own name in an old book confirms for him, I do make it back in time, so I can do this. And then he goes back, uh, you know, to his room, and then that's when he successfully does it after right. hiding the tape recorder. And I think um, it's just. Man, it's just so much to talk about. But one thing I will say is when he goes back in time, he lays his head on that pillow, right, and goes back in time, yeah. his pillowcase is the same. Yeah. So, therefore, it is something from the present and the past. It's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So, I was like, hey, don't look at the pillowcase. You know what I mean? So, there's that. Um, uh, John Barry, of course, did the uh, was suggested to Schwartz by Jane Seymour because they were good friends. And Schwartz was like, nah. He's like... Um, we got a tight budget. He's like, we're not going to be able to afford this guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, let me talk to him. So she talked to Barry about it and he loved it. And he's nice. like, sure, I'll do it. You know what I mean? So that's good to have friends. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we already covered about the automobiles. Oh, uh, Christopher Reeve's hat that he wears from 1912. Yeah. As well as uh, that's in the check-in lobby of the Grand Hotel. Yeah, he had the, he had the like boulder hat. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And uh, it the, also the small music bite from the Teresa Wright's character has in her own, has in her home of the Grand Hotel is also on display. I didn't wow. see those uh, because when you walk around the Grand Hotel, even if you're on the outside premises, yeah. it's ten dollars oh, to wow. walk around it just to just walk to walk it. by it basically. <laughs> so they got guys out there. Hey, you like what you see? Yeah, it's ten dollars. You know, because yeah. we were getting ready to walk up to like the big old porch out front. You know, where he's yeah. sleeping on the porch. Yeah, ten dollars. Yeah. How, how far is that from here? I mean, I imagine it's a, that would... It's about... It's at the very top of Michigan. Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, it's not six and a half, maybe, hours. Just because, I mean, that would be a cool... It like, is really cool. little trip. 
I mean, yeah. we have so many things listed that we, we we now have the Grand Hotel. Join us for our <laughs> anniversary at the Grand Hotel. The, the, then there's um, the the newly opened uh, uh, Universal Monster Museum in L.A. Yep. There's uh, there's the Superhero Museum up in Indiana, yep. Northern Indiana. And if I ever visit Sicily again, there oh, it's full of Godfather stuff, just full of. It. <laughs> uh, let's see here. There is a fan club uh, that was in, uh, initially came out in 1990 by Bill Shepard called Insight, hmm. which stands for the International Network of Somewhere in Time Enthusiasts. Oh, wow. Its mission statement is to honor the film and those responsible for its creation, to inform members about all aspects of it, to enhance their appreciation of it, as well as to influence public and media perception of the film to assure its recognition as a classic we know it to be. Wow. I wonder if it still goes on. I'll we'll have to look they, that up. I wonder up. what their theories are. That's that's what I want to hear. Because, like, I, I formulate, we, we form, both formulated theories of our own. Uh, we know there's theories floating around out there from probably anybody who's seen it. Uh, but I wonder what, you know, this official fan club has thoughts on, on some of the oh, questions sure we'll reveal later. Um, back to it being a flop uh, in America. Yeah. One of the problems was that there was a Screen Actors Guild on strike. Uh, at the time, so they couldn't promote the movie, yeah, um, because of the strike. So I think that might have had a little bit of problems to do with it, but it still came out a great movie. It, it, yeah, usually um, when SAG goes on strike, uh, it's something is going to get affected. Uh, I think the latest one was early two thousands. Yeah, it was in the Rider middle of Lost. <laughs> Watch a Lost yeah. TV show. Um, but then, hey, Doctor Hor- uh, Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog came out uh, because of that. So, that was so, fun. so now he's back in time. Yep. He wakes up in a chair and he's in some person's room. Remember? Oh yeah, because uh, he's not in. He's, uh, yeah. Uh, well, he hasn't rented the room. Right. That's what it was. And there's like a lady in there. Remember, her husband comes around. And he's like hides in the closet and all that. Remember? Oh man, and then it was like immediate to like uh, oh, what was going on. And he goes and knocks on the door and he's like, "Did you hear somebody out there?" He's like, "Yeah, I was a little kid or something." Yeah, he ran that way. Uh, um, so he ends up I, finding uh, there's that whole little dispute between the two where it's uh, funny. I don't want to ruin uh, it. Like, like, like what was it again? I mean, there's no ruining it. Views should watch the the movie, but we didn't tell them <laughs> what we were doing either. No, but when they know, they should go. I mean, we, <laughs> when he, spoilers. Uh, but now he finally finds. But see, and I thought when he said that that he was going to get the little kid in trouble, which turned out to be Arthur, yeah. which was the the old guy that helps him out back in time. That's yeah. how Arthur knew him. So. Right there, it shows you that Arthur, Did Arthur remembered him, him right, yeah. which was pretty cool because he always got in trouble for bouncing that red ball. Yeah. Or the thing. I, I thought it was funny was um, like when when he came, the ball rolls away from Arthur, and uh, uh, he picks it up. Christopher picks it up. Christopher, right? Richard. Richard. Christopher Reeve, Christopher but Richard, Reeve yeah. playing Richard. So uh, uh, Richard picks it up. And then it looks like he's about to throw it back, but the way he winds it back, and I'm like, is he gonna just straight up like dodgeball this kid and just? I'm just imagining the thump it would leave after the kid because gets smacked because his ball. dad was like Arthur, not in the lobby. And then that's when he puts the ball down. I'm like, was he about to chuck this ball at but, the kid? There's no way to lightly throw. But the there way is he a po- point back. in the movie where his dad takes the ball away and puts it behind the counter, and remember he grabs it, and gives it back to him. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. So he finds Elise. And man, she wants nothing to do with him, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, you remember, but but well, here's something else that was really interesting. When he walks out and they see for the first time out on, remember when he walks out in the trees and she's yeah. there and she turns around and looks at him and she goes, and she goes are you the one? She says, no, right, she says, it? is it you? Oh, is it you? That's right. Yeah, now yeah, that yeah. threw me for a loop right there because does she know that she tried travel to the future? That's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what got me. Uh, uh, that was really confusing. Uh, or is it? Or is it because um, Robinson had planted in her head saying that hey, this person's well, going to show up, explain that, right? Yeah. But I don't know if, if she meant that or if she meant. You know what I mean? Well, she yeah. No, that was that was completely explained. Cause I remember rewinding on that part, and that was because um, that was one of the questions he asked. He's like, "Why did you say are you the one?" And then she was like, uh, uh, "That's when she." Was like Robinson. He knows uh, things that will happen, and this and that, uh, which leaves his whole thing just what? <laughs> because it, it never gets, gets explained. Right. Uh, all we know is that he has knowledge of things that he shouldn't, and um, he basically knows 
that somebody's coming to ruining her career. Yeah, exactly. And I think in a way... He was right. uh, He was right, but I I, I think because of that, I believe he caused it. With the knowledge of the future... I think... Well, okay, so, we'll so, wait till the end. Okay, I'm not yeah, gonna, yeah. I don't want to say it yet. And I'll give you my theory that I told him about. So we'll see what, if I'm right. Um, but so they, they do this. We're not going to go into all of it. But they do this whole, hey, can I see you? No, I don't want anything to do with you. And then Rob's just like, stay away from her, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, and he goes, they this whole little, he keeps trying to see her. Like they go to, he goes to a party and he's like, he's not a guest here. So he decides oh, yeah. to rent a room. And this is where uh, he sleeps on the front porch of the uh, Grand Hotel. And then he goes in. Yep. And he's like, oh, I'm staying with a friend. You know, I didn't sign in. And so he he gets that book and he yeah, signs his like, name, I, I the ledger. Sick, so I stayed with the friend, yeah. He signs the ledger and that's where they go to hand him the key. And he's like, this isn't the right key. I, this is, are you sure this is the right room? And he's yeah. like, no, sir, that's already been rented out or whatever. Yeah. Here's the right room. And so this whole rest of the time, he's trying to get Elise attention say hey yep. he i came a long way for you she he never really tells her you know exactly, what I mean? yeah uh even up to the end he doesn't really tell her um so it comes down to where basically they start spending time together they run away from robinson and they go yep. you know on a horse and carriage ride and they go on that boat ride yep. and uh, they go to the gazebo you know, a little afternoon right a whole afternoon and um He's like, hey, can I can I see you again? And she's like, he's like, when's the company leaving? And she's like, we leave tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, so uh, about this time, uh, they're in her her room, and Robinson busts in, knocks, and he's like, Elise, Elise, you know, and, yeah. and they bust in, and he's like, uh, she's like, I'll leave a ticket for you at the window. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, that the, happens in front of Robinson. Right. That's what I'm saying. Because, Robinson yeah. busted in she, because he was uh, like, they, this is actually okay. This is right before. They were about to share a kiss, right? Or did they share a kiss? And then he I, came in. That's I, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He, uh, they, they had, a, they had their first kiss, and then that's when he knocked on the door. Yeah, because she's getting herself all straight yeah, back exactly. out, right? And then uh, that's when he's all angry and like chewing her out. And then uh, she goes, "Well, I'll leave you uh, a, a ticket, ticket at the front." Right. And then you know, Robinson's all in a huff. Yeah, he is. And so Christopher leaves. So, so then we come to the 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 play that night, and he's sitting there. And the play's going on, people are laughing or whatever, and then he's like... She's, it's actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, the, the funny is Jane Seymour's funny right there. But then she goes off script. Oh, yeah. And she gives one of the most emotional speeches, love, whatever, oh, yeah. you know what which, I mean? Which, and she looks if, right at him. Well, and she's like, what speech. would I say if he was here? You know, the perfect man or whatever. Yeah. Or the, did I just make him up in my mind? She's like, I don't know what to tell you. She's all I can tell you is, I love you. And, you know, you which could tell... great. And then she kind of fades back into reality she's like that's what i would say if he was here you know what i mean so uh, and everybody's like you went off script yeah they said but you brought it back you wrote it back in and i think that's it's it's a very interesting scene because even as like let's say you were like this was an actual play and that impromptu happened i mean that's that's an amazing off-the-cuff speech there you know, uh, so I thought that was a, a very interesting scene of her talking about this imaginary man and her basically working what she wants to say to him into the script because it all works. Like she's like, I brought it back, I brought it back. Right, but you, the, there was problems with the original footage that she did that with. So, really? yeah, of her performing on stage. So the scenes of her had to be reshot. Oh wow. The second time around, Jane Seymour delivered the speech to the author and screenwriter Richard Matheson instead of Christopher Reeve. Uh. Matheson was supposedly so moved and upset by the experience, he had to call his wife and return home immediately. Oh, wow. <laughs> so what you see is actually her saying it to yeah. the other guy. I was like, man, the, the, the director. I was like, wow. I mean, so I guess it's like intermission, yeah. right? And it starts back up. And then he gets this note that says, hey, you know. I need to see you out by yeah. the, the shed, or I don't know what yeah, it said. Like that. Yeah. Uh, and he goes out there, and this is where Mathis or uh, Robinson tells him, "Say, look, he's like, I care for her. I want, I want to see her career grow and prosper." And this is where Reeves like, so "I'm going to marry her." <laughs> a very interesting conversation because uh, he kind of voices what I imagine some of the audience is thinking when watching this movie is, "Is like, uh, you think she's going to be with you, or like, you think that." Uh, um, 
you sheltering her and stuff and keeping her all to yourself will eventually make her love you. And he's like, it's not about that. And you're thinking in simple terms, more or less. Right. Um, like he purely saw her talent and wanted to be an agent to that talent. Right. And but 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 see what he was thinking about Chris Freeby. He said, "Look, you're a playwright. You just wanted to star on one of yeah. your plays." So he that. That's where my theory kind of, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but. I, I'll tell you my theory once not, we get there. Once to we it. get there, right. Yeah. So instead of our videos, we'll give theories. This, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, basically he goes out there and he's like, whatever. So he starts walking back and he gets jumped and beat up. So the play goes on. Um, uh, we forgot before at intermission, she does get her picture taken. That's the picture that's hanging yes, in the yep. thing. She look, Which they're is, like, think of something happy. And, and she, she Christopher, Christopher, like and well, Christopher and walks in. Yeah. And she's like, in, and then she lights up and then that's when they snap that picture. Right. It's perfect. Um, so now she, after the thing, she won't even go out for the second curtain call. She's trying to find Richard and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's left. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Robinson's like, he's left, you know, he's not at the hotel. She goes, um, Remember, she goes up to his hotel room. Yep, she looks cleaned out. Yeah, uh, so she she's looking everywhere. She can't find him, and then uh, then so she leaves, kind of a dejected. Yeah. Uh, so, but you got to remember, the company is leaving that night oh, because yeah. she has that heart to heart with Robinson, and and he goes, "I just want you to know, we're leaving. We leave in, in an, an hour, hour. <laughs> right? So <laughs> within the hour, or whatever. So uh, the next thing you see is uh, Christopher Reeve wake up. You know he's all beat up. He's tied up in a barn. Oh, yeah, he's 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 tied up in a barn. And he does a super over yeah. <laughs> he does a Superman thing where he gets up. You know he yep. scratches against the post and breaks free. And then you see him take off and book it. He runs all the way up to Lisa's room, knocks on the door, and She's gone. he's like, "Hey, where are they at? Where are yeah. they at?" And he's like, oh, "Sir, they left last night or yeah. whatever." And he's like, "What?" And you just see the heartbreak in him, dude. He goes oh, out yeah. to the top of the stairs. He puts his hand on the post, and he—you could just see about to break down. Just completely dejected. And yeah. I think that shot that they did with the cinematography right there, where she comes around the corner of those bushes as oh, he's yeah. up top, and she sees him, and she starts uh, running. She's like, "Richard!" And he's like, he turns around, and you just yeah. see him like jumping downstairs, you know, to get to her, and they meet halfway and hug or whatever. So then they have their romantic, romantic encounter. encounter, and this is almost at the end of the movie. You're like, well, oh, "Where's yeah, this, this is going?" Near the end, yeah. Uh, so. Um, they're saying, well, uh, basically, hey, uh, would you marry me? Pretty yep. much. She asked him. Pretty much them talking about the right. future. And she's like, well, first thing I want to do, love. she's like, I want to get you a new suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, what's wrong with my suit? And he goes over there and he starts fiddling with it. He puts all, he's like, look, puts look. He's like, it's got all these little pockets. I can put change in right. this pocket. And he pulls out from like one of the inside pouches, he pulls yeah. out the thing and he, he's like, look, and it's a 1979 penny. Yep. And all of a sudden, his face is like sheer oh, horror. No. He's like, Whoa. and he looks up at her. He does like this Superman stretch, like, and he's like, oh. yeah, because he's and you to the camera angle her. that they do for this of Jane Seymour, it shows her, and then it like fades yeah. her back to black or whatever. Yeah, and she's like Richard. And next thing you know, he wakes up in the present in a cold sweat. You know, yep. oh, and he's trying to go back right away. He's, he's like, I'm going back. In sweat. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna, you know, he's like, 1912, I'm back. No, no. And then he just and breaks he down. His, he yeah. just starts crying, dude. Uh, which leads to after just like going no 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 right. no no right yeah. so so you're left wondering what is going on so then you see him uh, sitting in a chair <laughs> he looks creepy dude oh yeah so just, so he's just sitting in this chair and you hear a knock on the door just gone and and nobody's nobody's there uh, or and and or he doesn't answer he just he's sitting there looking out this window and so the uh, Arthur and somebody else comes in, and they said, "Well, how long has he been up here? A couple days? Yeah, they, I thought they said a couple days. Oh, he hasn't even like two days. weeks or oh, something." Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what it was. And they said, "Man, we got to. His pulse is low. We got to get him, get him to bed. Call the doctor." So they yeah. they carry him over to the bed, you know. And he just looks like death warmed over, dude. Oh, yeah. He looks it's such good acting. Kind of looks already dead. Yeah. Like. Well, I th- <laughs> well. So you see him like they shoot him with something. He's like, we got to keep him uh, alive. You know, pulse, yeah, his, his pulse his, going. His breathing right. shallow. His pulse is weak. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got to keep him going until the paramedics get there. And they're like, Richard, Richard. You know, he's like, poor guy. He was such a good guy and all. Yeah. Well, the next thing you see, you see like speaking of the out of body experience, or whatever, you see like him looking down at his body or whatever. Yeah. And then you it pans to the window and there's a bright light. And you see him go over to the window. Or you don't see him. You are him basically at this yeah. point. And the window opens up and it's just pure white. And you see this shadow in the background, and he walks over, and it's Jane Seymour. Yep. And you see him come over there, and he takes his hat off, and they take hands. Movie ends. Yep. So um, technically, he died of a broken heart. Yeah. And but he's actually 
reunited with Elise then, which yeah. I thought, man, it was such a, the way he looked at the end. I was oh, like, yeah. well, that, this is, it took me off guard because uh, I knew it was a romantic movie. I didn't know it was a tragedy. <laughs> you didn't know it was like Romeo and Juliet. Huh? So like it, I saw the end, I was like, wait. Wait, 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 what? And I was like, this is a tragedy? What? Uh, um. <laughs> you know what? It kind of reminded me a little bit of Ghost. Yeah. Uh, but she wasn't. Demi Moore wasn't dead in that. Yeah, but I'm yeah. just saying, it kind of reminded me of that. But uh, I'll talk about another movie that reminds me of her in a minute. I, I will say, like, usually when, when things turn, at least in American movies, when things turn, like, like such a uh, almost, like, kind of upbeat romantic movie that ends in tragedy uh, it always takes me off guard an american film that is i mean obviously there's like french films where everything ends in a tragedy but <laughs> <laughs> uh so we'll talk about a couple yeah, other that, things that real took quick me off guard. um the gazebo built and used in the film now sits next to the fort mackinac high uh, on a bluff overlooking marquee park on mackinac island Hmm. It used to reside on the governor's estate, but was moved in its new location in the winter of 2006. And by the way, the winters up there in Mackinac, they, uh, the river actually freezes over. Oh. Uh, the Great Lakes freeze over, and yeah. they have to snowmobile into land to get food and stuff and oh, their mail and all yeah. that. Yeah. They build, like, ice bridges and all that. It's pretty cool. Um, there is a sequel uh, in the form of a book. Huh. It's called Memoirs of Elise, written by David L. Gurney. This book answers the questions of what happened to Elise during the 60 years apart from Richard and how did she discover where Richard Collier had come from and how did she find him? Hmm. So that's very interesting because he never tells her that he time traveled at all. No. I will say, like, I don't know. Because she was probably looking for him and he probably wasn't even born yet. He, yeah, exactly. Uh, Isn't that weird? Here's the tip off. Uh, uh, maybe I should dip into it when we talk about it. Yeah, we will. Uh, <laughs> As of uh, 2008, um, from what I read, the numbers of Elise and Richard's rooms do not exist at the Grand Hotel. Um, in one of those videos I'll show you or uh, put on the Facebook group, uh, they try to find Richard's room. They can't find it. Uh, I think probably because people kept taking the nameplates, you know oh, what I mean, yeah, for souvenirs and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, it's Sergi Rachmanovalov's Rhapsody on a theme of pa- Paganini, P-A-G-A-N-I-N-I, Pagani, Paganini, whatever. <laughs> Um, Elise also flubbed the line, is it you? Um, so she had to re-record it in post-production. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, we talked about the Jaws too. Uh, let's see. Uh, the photograph uh, or the portrait of Elise that Richard first sees at the hotel is uh, was autographed by Jane Seymour it is now at a restaurant and bar called Valley Inn, located at 4557 Sherman Oaks Avenue in Sherman Oaks, California. Oh, snap. So, yeah, it'll have to be another place I'll visit uh, when I go home. <laughs> Sherman Oaks is, uh, uh, doesn't, I don't On know. a sadder note, uh, Christopher Reeve and Susan French, the actress who played the older McKenna, yep. um, they died just a year apart from each other. Uh, French in 2000 leave and Reeve in 2004. Oh, wow. You know, I'll tell that in a minute. Uh, Christopher Reeve's biggest concern about this film uh, with the ending was whether the audience would believe, be able to buy that Superman died of a broken heart. Uh, you know what okay, I mean? Because he yeah. just came off that such a... That's true. And uh, one of the, the last things I'll talk about is this film has a lot of similarities to the Titanic. Yeah. Okay. It both starts off with an older lady with an heirloom, you know, yep. trying to get find the love of their life. Okay, more or less. Yeah. Uh, there is a song presence throughout. Um, it's basically about two young loves running away from another person of trying to take over, like uh, in Titanic, you know, the uh, her fiancé or whatever yep. that, you know what I mean, and how they fell in love and had a tragic ending. Yep. Um, and pretty much a day, time span, too. Right, right. Uh, and you know what the sad thing is? Uh, this was in 1912. Yeah, that's when the Titanic went down. You know? oh, man. So I was like, "Wow, the similarities are really, really there." Um, so, Terrence, uh, let me give you my let me give you my theory first, right, or my my what we were talking about. So, those of you that have seen this movie, um, it and I was telling Terrence, I said it seems to me that Robinson knows an awful lot about. The future, or which about they, they Elise, add, and which they directly say right. in the movie, and and she says he knows things that he shouldn't know or know anything about. Yeah, 
and uh, she she said he she was she would say he talks about of a of a person coming that wants to take me away and ruin my career basically yeah and I when she says are you the one uh, or is it you yeah um, I couldn't tell if she was glad to if she thought if she had time traveled before and back so she knows or if this is something that he had told her you know are you the one that's come to Basically, I fall in love, but ruin my career. Yeah. So I started thinking. Um, so he knows an awful lot. Could he, Robinson, be a time traveler too? This is the the theory that I stated to you because when um, after Christopher Reeve gets beaten up and he wakes up in the barn, and then him and Jane Seymour spend that night, uh, day together in the evening, and he yeah. goes and that's where she says, "I want to buy you a new jacket," and he puts on the coat and he pulls out that penny from 1979. Could Which that is a coat that he already wore? Right, in that he had same already pocket. He had the old. Well, I don't know if it was. The, I don't was remember it? Oh, if okay. it was the same pocket or not. But what I'm saying is, we know that he had taken all this stuff out of his pockets and he had put those the old coins in there for a reason. Yeah, because he didn't want anything to do it. I propose to you that maybe he uh, Robinson had that penny, stuck it into his pocket. But when he saw it, he time traveled back or to wherever he was from. Yeah. So basically, he left too, which kind of made because you never see him again the rest of the movie. So yeah. when the Christopher Reeve pulls it out, he goes back too. But you, I don't think it's necessary to see him in the rest of the movie. No, no, I understand I, I'd have that. To watch it again to see because when he talks about um, when when Richard talks about uh, all the things he's researched and read about, he knows that. Uh, at least before earlier in the movie, you know that her she just drops off the face of the you know famous planet, right? And then um, he also talks about Robinson, who's there's not much known about him. He's just a, a weird dude, more or less, right? And so um, I don't know if they said more on it of where he went after she decided not to. I don't think they anymore. did, and that's 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 one reason why I'm like because she doesn't, you know. It, like um, I would think that uh, the lady, um, what was her name? I want to say uh, Geneve or whatever, the one that was the maid for her. Yeah. You would think that she would have said something like, oh, this guy came back. Robinson came back here looking for her and yeah. she's not here. But but all it says is that she basically disappeared in her elder life. You yeah. know what I mean? That you never heard anything about her. She basically, her career did stop. So he was right that she stopped yeah. acting. You know what I mean? Now I, I had sort of a, a similar, excuse me, a similar but different theory. Um, one being, uh, and I'll touch on a few theories. Now, so I'll start with the Robinson theory. Uh, like, who is Robinson? Where does he come from? Um, my first thought was somebody else time traveled and gave him that knowledge. Uh, but I also see the merit in your theory too, which gets me to thinking about that also. Um, but when I did first see it, I thought maybe that someone had went back and gave him a bit of foresight. Maybe someone went back to try to re-spark uh, uh, her career, not knowing that this is all a fixed timeline and her career was always destined to be, always destined to plummet more or less. Um, so that was my theory. Uh, only because he's been with her for... Since she was 16 or whatever. Yeah, since she was uh, 16. Um, but my thing is, he Christopher Reeve was so meticulous about making sure nothing was on him yeah. from the present, I don't think the penny was his. Now, once again, I still I still agree that, that I feel like that was a plant. That or maybe it was just a misstep because it was a thrift store suit, more or less. Uh, so it, it could just be one little thing he overlooked and it just came out at the wrong time uh, or it was a plant I think there's I think they're both viable things that might have happened uh, but as far I also think when it comes to someone else visiting him if we're going to go with the planting theory uh, I, if someone someone else traveled back and then he gave him that penny to, to plant on him you know what I mean could but once he gave him the penny so he, then the other guy would vanish right sure. but uh then he would have the penny and be like oh this thing makes time travelers vanish right either way um 
or he he, he could have just been told, hey, put this in the jacket of this gentleman. All right, but either way, it's 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 a huge unknown variable in the movie. Is who is Robinson to know all of this stuff and um, essentially create the thing, the very thing he's trying to avoid, right. which would be impossible to avoid. Well, and like we talked about too, uh, what I was reading about the book. Um, in the book, Richard Collier has a brain tumor, and they th- they don't think that he ever actually went back in time. They yeah. think that it was uh, him having uh, delusions. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hallucinations yeah. uh, that he was actually going back in time because he dies of a brain tumor. So with with that knowledge, uh, but also knowledge that there's a second book explaining where at least one. So that means he did travel back in time, but it gives more merit to why everybody else thinks it was just this. Right. Like, so it, he could have maybe tried to explain a situation in the book. I don't know. I haven't read it. But then everybody was like, well, you have a tomb in your head, dude. Like, right. you, you didn't go anywhere. You imagined all of this. Like, you you need to go to a hospital and we'll figure this out. And then he passes away. Were uh, in the movie, it's just, you know, just straight heartbreak. Um and then this is my other theory. Speaking of the second book, my other theory is how did, does she find him? How does she know all this other stuff? Um, she knows based off the just information at first. She knows his name. She knows he's a playwright. Uh, he did say he's wrote some successful plays. And he she knows that he's from Chicago. Now moving on to... How did she? I believe that I don't know. I have to look up when that song was written. But the the, the song he's humming, it's 18th I century. Is I think it 18th I, century. I thought it was something. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say if it's not 18th century, maybe it wasn't written yet. Well, uh, yeah, because she's like, I've never heard it before. I've heard exactly. some of his so other stuff. That was my theory, and I'm not uh, musically inclined enough to know when that piece came out. But I thought maybe the piece wasn't written yet, well, and let, then the piece gets written in the future. Well, let me propose something else to you then. If Richard was really there in 1912 the first time, how did he get to Back to the Future the first time? Is he an old soul from 1912 that projected to the future? So that brings me to... Uh, <laughs> you see what I mean? Is, yeah, but this is one thing that we did touch on uh, off mic, and that was I don't think future travel is possible. Based on the theory of time travel in this movie is you need to surround yourself with peace, with things from that time. But the how was he, how was he already things, there? What do you mean? How was he there in 1912? Oh, Richard? How did he sign the book? Oh, you're talking uh, uh, Richard. Okay, yeah. Okay. How did he sign the book with no knowledge of ever being there? No knowledge of Arthur. None of that. He had never been to Mackinac Island. Oh, yeah. This is because it's already happened. So That's what I'm it's saying. it's a fixed timeline for him. Yeah. But do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because he would have had to have been there without time traveling to begin with. Well, it's because he time traveled that he is there. So, and any any effect that he <laughs> has—so confusing. It really isn't because. So, when you look at the fixed timeline, and it, it, when you time travel, everything that you're gonna do, you've already done. Which is why, and, and it's almost like a, a closed loop, and it, it almost becomes a little bit paradoxical in a sort where uh, you have triggered something that had triggered your trip to the past that you've already done in the past, but because it's a fixed timeline, you saw that. So it's this, it's this whole loop. And I, 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 there's a show I know that explains this way better than I can, (laughs) but basically, um, it's, it's this closed loop of things triggering itself, but it's all in because it's a fixed timeline that is able to happen that way and not be a paradox. So there you have it. Let us know your theories <laughs> at thetragedycinema.gmail.com. Um, there is a small interview I'm going to put in here. They interviewed uh, Jane Seymour. Um, I think it was like the 40th anniversary or 25th anniversary or somewhere. She went back to Mackinac Island oh, wow. because okay. they throw a festival up there. And um, I think she said she's went twice. But she talks about Christopher Reeve and yeah. some of the shenanigans they did. And it's only like three and a half minutes. I'm going to put it in right here. And then that way people can listen to that. I've been back here once before for the Summer in Time weekend, and uh, Chris Reeve had always told me what an extraordinary occasion it was. And, you know, our dream when we finished the movie was that the two of us were just going to quietly sneak up on the island and just have our own private reunion here. But sadly, that never happened. And he'd gone to a reunion, and he said, Jane, you have no idea what goes on. He said, this is unbelievable. You've got to do it. And so by the time I was able to go and do it, sadly, Chris had already... um, 
lost his mobility and he was in a chair so he couldn't come so I did the next best thing I came and I managed to get Chris on the uh, telephone and we actually had a live interview with everyone there and I think he was at a hockey game <laughs> but you know that was as close as I could get to come here for the summer in time weekend is really special to see all these people who come from all over the world that have saved and 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 worked on putting their outfits together for a whole year and, you know, a lot of people I've met are here with their 30th, 40th wedding anniversaries. They're here with their children, with their grandchildren. It's just, it's magic because it really means that the subject matter of this film impacts people in a wonderful, positive way. And, um, and it's timeless. I think that's what's also so special here at the Grand Hotel because if you look around, it's not just the women who are getting dressed up. It's the men and the way everyone walks and the way everyone behaves with one another. It's just, it's magic. There's nothing like it, you know, no one does it. And it's not hokey at all. I mean, people are wearing the real, the real thing. It was very hard for me to come up with the dress that could, you know, match up to the quality of, of the, the costumes that the people who come to this event wear and put together themselves. Somewhere in time, it, it's very special. Mackinac Island, the Grand Hotel, of course, I and mean, it wouldn't have been the same movie without the Grand Hotel. And... I think the fact that they've really embraced the fact that we used the Grand Hotel as a very major part of the movie, although it was never written for the Grand Hotel. It was written for a hotel, the Del Coronado. But I think the Grand Hotel is the only place we could ever have, have made it. And, and um, to be permanently tied with the Grand Hotel, with Mackinac Island, which is this tiny little island that most people have no idea about and is obviously somewhere so beautiful and, and the pride of Michigan, it's pretty special. I would say that the moment you land on this island, you realize you've gone back in time. And um, the Grand Hotel is a must. You have to come and visit the Grand Hotel and, and you've got to come and, and dine in the huge dining room where we made the movie and you've got to sit out on the porch. It's, it's really an, an oasis, you know, in a world where everything is tech, you know, technology and loud noises of cars and motorbikes and aeroplanes. I mean, it's total peace here. And you just hear the clip-clop, clip-clop of the horses and you just, you know, everything just slows down to people speed. And I think we want people speed, you know. I, I think all this constant texting and rushing around, um, I think Mackin Island really gives you that and the whole island does and of course i suppose you do have to buy the fudge so there you have it and by the way the fudge that she talks about it is fantastic i suggest the maple fudge they ship to your house <laughs> um the fudge is a big community up there you know i mean it's, yeah. it's fantastic so give me your thoughts on the movie then we've talked about our theories give me it's a good movie um and it's like i first time seeing it on, right yeah first time seeing it uh it is a slow burn but as soon as it picks up it keeps going so when i was first watching it i was like 40 minutes in and so like i said i watched this right before work uh i watched the first like 40 minutes right before i left to work and then i got into work early enough to watch a good chunk of the rest and then finish it off at lunch but um I basically got through the slower half right before I went to work because the like, picked up. You're like, this is slow. Like, I, I mean, I understand now that I've seen it all in full. I understand it because they have to build everything up in order to get the awesome climactic tragic end. But um, as soon as I, I started watch, picking up and, and watching it more, once I got into, uh, once I got into work, I was like, oh crap! Basically, once he goes back in time, that's when you're like. Whoa! Yeah. Because um, there's all kinds of like little like hilarity things that happen here and there. There's interesting connections to all the people he's met previously, um, and then obviously seeing the uh, all the events kind of pan out not how he expected because you know he had the whole speech prepared and that all went to crap, you know. And so uh, it, it was it was a very good watch. It, it was. Right. Um, at first, I didn't know how I felt about it the first forty minutes, but then once he traveled back in time and everything happened. Uh, I was like, okay, yeah, this is a solid movie. This is a good movie. Um, right. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I, like I said, um, I'll post some pictures from Mackinac Island. Beautiful, beautiful up there. Um, can I just say, I would love to have seen what Chris Reeve could have done in movies if he didn't have his tragic accent on I the think horse. he would have been a great Icon. older actor. Like, you know, he'd still be acting, I know. I think, I think it, he'd be up it, there it, with Robert De Niro and yeah. uh, Al Pacino. I think he'd be Robert right up there. Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and, uh, Morgan Freeman. Bring just... back Superman, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was a very interesting movie. Um, I watched it three times just 
because I was trying to pick up on maybe I missed something about Rich Robinson, yeah, or Richard, and explained. it's not there. You know, what I mean, um, it's not there. <laughs> so of- I'm sure there's a lot of theories out there. Um, I'd like to I'd like to read that sequel book, especially yeah. uh, maybe even the original book, but the sequel book. I, I wonder if it explains a lot more. Now, if I wonder if he coll- corrob- collaborated with. Um, Matheson, yeah, because uh, this guy is a different author. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I would I would recommend it. I think it's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, this is Valentine's month, you know, love month. Yeah. Um, I think the next movie we're going to do, we're going to go way back. It's been a while since we went way way back. We we and we Terrence, back. I think we're going to do Casablanca. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of it's a great the top movie. Ten. It is. We're gonna we're gonna I think we're gonna cover it next. Yeah. Um, fantastic movie. I haven't seen it in a long, long time either. Same. I. It's been a very long. Uh, last time I saw it, I was in film class in high school when I. Oh, so it was Catholic just three years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, so. I wish. I wish. <laughs> so yeah. So we're gonna do Casablanca next time. Um, like I said, if you haven't seen this movie, give it a shot. Um, especially if you're a Christopher Reeve fan of Superman, like I was, um, just to show that he can act in different things. Absolutely. Uh, he's yeah. not just always a macho Superman Very type. dynamic. And yeah. that, you know, uh, talk about typecasting. I think he didn't want to get stuck in the typecast as some of the actors do. So, um, any other last minute thoughts, suggestions? That's it. But you talking about the age thing makes me realize in three months I'll be 30. Wow, you young pup. <laughs> 30. Did, did our audience hear that? He said he's going to be 30. Oh, wow. <laughs> I like, I like, if this show just stands the test of time, I just imagine we're going to be sitting here and I'll be like, man, I'm going to be old, turning 60. And you'll be like, that's nothing. <laughs> I'm 73. I'm old. You're still the young pup. <laughs> that's right. We might not have any more listeners by the time that happens. So. Hey, if we still keep going, I'll, I'll bring you back with the Ouija board. What do you think, Jimbo? He's like, you're still young. <laughs> you you <know>. millennial. <laughs> um, yeah, if you want to be a guest on the show, uh, reach out to us on the Tragedy of Cinema Facebook group. Leave um, a comment if you haven't already. Let yeah, us know leave us listening. a review. Yeah, let us know what <laughs> you think. Um, sorry it was so long in between, man. These migraines are just killing me. I got a doctor's appointment sometime this month so or next month. I forgot when it is. It hurts so bad. So, But yeah. when I get them, it's just leave me alone. I don't even want to talk to you. Or my yeah. head hurts. Close the blinds, you know. Um, so it's been going on for a while now. I need to get those looked at. So yeah. um, with that being said, I think this episode's coming to a close. And that's right. a wrap. Yep. And, and cut. cut.